I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, we had another one of those so-called mass shooters. And for some reason, we see these things, they get a lot of exposure in the media. And it's always amazing how these things occur right when they're attempting to push, you know, assault weapon, so-called assault weapon bans in the government and other things. But look, putting aside the coincidences of why that always seems to be the case, one of the things that was interesting here with this, uh, one of these latest shooters that occurred on the campus, right, of, uh, in Las Vegas, there at the campus, and I, 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 apparently a message went out, a text message went out, and apparently the text message that went out uh, is something that is protocol that many universities have, and I started looking into where do they get this. And the message that went out to everybody was run, hide, and fight. That's the message. Run, hide, fight. Comes out on, you know, everyone gets this mass text because of a, quote, active shooter to run, hide, fight. So I started thinking about the run, hide, fight concept. And uh, it's not bad advice, really. I'm not saying it is. It's just that the interesting part, okay, you can run and you can hide. But what are you going to fight with? What are you going to fight with in these victim disarmament zones? In these places like educational institutions where Guns are banned. You know, run, hide, fight is great, except it's nice if you have the tools you need to fight. And, you know, looking into this run, hide, fight stuff, I'm like, where does this come from, run, hide, fight? Who gave this advice? Who said, hey, part of your protocol should be run, hide, fight. Make sure everybody knows. Well, I'll tell you where it comes from. FEMA. That's right, FEMA. You can go to FEMA's web website, and they have an entire protocol set up called Active Shooter. And what does Active Shooter say on FEMA? It says, recent national tragedies remind us the risk is real. Taking a few steps now can help you react quickly when every second counts. So here, the federal government has set up protocols for active shooter. And what does it say? It says, be prepared for an active shooter. No, it says, it says, quick facts. Ready? Quick facts here for active shooter. It can happen anywhere. It can happen anytime. Hey, that's um, real helpful, isn't it? Okay. All right, well, it can happen anywhere. It can happen anytime. And the next section says, protect yourself key messages. Okay. And what's the number one protect yourself key message? Run, hide, fight. So here, our government advises you that when there's an active shooter, you want to 
run, hide, and fight. And at the same hand, they actively pursue making it so we don't have the tools to fight. I mean, it is so much hypocrisy and stupidity. We have the government putting out protocols saying to fight, and yet they want us to be disarmed and to be victims of these atrocities, even though they want to encourage us to fight. Well, if you really want us to fight, let us have the tools to fight. You know what tools are great to have to fight? I'll tell you what's great to have to fight. Guns. Handguns. Handguns with really big magazines, just full of bullets, so we can shoot back. You know, like kind of like the word fight, you know, like that. And how about any other tool of self-defense that you deny us, that you impose these absurd and extreme licensing requirements on us, that you constantly create these so-called sensitive places, these victim disarmament zones that active shooters purposely target, which makes it real hard to run, hide, and fight when you can't fight. This kind of stuff gets really depressing when you see how the government puts out these helpful websites with helpful advice and helpful information and then creates barriers to actually maybe you know like following their advice i mean when you look at this this website it talks about under research it actually did research for protective actions it says know your risk and it talks about recent national tragedies and active shooters an individual engaged in attempting to kill people in a confined space or populated area. And active shooter events can happen anytime. Active shooter events can happen anywhere. An active shooter is an individual actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in confined and populated areas. In most cases, active shooters use firearms. And there is no pattern or method to their selection of victims. Gee, how would we fight this? active shooter armed with firearms. Hmm, maybe we should have firearms? Sounds like it. Sounds like it, doesn't it? It's amazing. And then when you get into the further studies of active shooter, in this very website, it says that uh, they, they rate the validity, validity rating of this advice of run, hide, fight. And they rate it as robust and sufficient. That's how they assess the validity of this action. Robust and efficient. And they even have all kinds of supporting research here showing how uh, the damage that can occur in a matter of minutes in 63 incidents where the duration of an incident could be ascertained, 70% of 63 incidents ended in five minutes or less with 23 ending in two minutes or less even when law enforcement was present and able to respond within minutes civilians had to make life and death decisions 
and therefore should be engaged in training and discussions on decisions they may face. Gee, like run, hide, and fight. And what are we supposed to fight with? Guns. And yet the government actively tries to take it away. So as we have active shooters, we have active disarmament by the government. So we can't fight the active shooters that they recommend we fight. And look at that. Their own research shows how just minutes, just minutes there. If you don't have your gun, if you're not armed, you're not able to fight. Those minutes slip away and you become a victim instead of a defender. The government's own agency that has studied and in charge, they're putting the research out here, making it clear. And look what else they say here. The data shows a clear pattern that those who took some form of defensive action at Virginia Tech fared much better than those who did not. And then it mentions that Freezing or playing dead were not good options. Oh, really? Great. Freezing and playing dead. If you froze and played dead, you became real dead. But fighting? Ah, fighting? How about fighting back with guns? There's a solution. There's a solution we need to embrace. There's a solution that makes sense, that fills in right here. But they just can't bring themselves, FEMA, to go all out and say, hey, you know, uh, we all should be armed. We all should be armed and ready and prepared to deal with active shooters. When it comes to run, hide, and fight, we need to fight. Think about what just happened in Israel. What do you think about run, hide, and fight there? Think it worked? Well, those that were armed, it worked, didn't it? Those that weren't, it didn't. And you think that's not going to happen here? You know it's going to happen here. You know we got things coming. You know it. And there's, uh, these are scary times in a way. You see how many people are erupting, how many things taking place all over? You need to protect yourself. You have the opportunity to do so. If you take it and you run with it and you hide and you fight, well, okay. Let's start with getting a gun. Let's start with getting trained. Let's start with getting licensed. And you can do all that now, thanks to the good work of great organizations like the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, fighting hard for your rights. I mean, we've uh, seen what can be accomplished. We now can get a shall-issue carry license in New Jersey. We now have constitutional carry in more than half the country, half the states, over 70% of the geographic landmass. You see, the pro-gun, pro-fight forces are out there. We've got to keep up this fight. That's why you need to be a member of the state association, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They're the ones litigating in federal court as we speak. They're the ones that are uh, at our side at all times fighting with getting regulations changed, guidelines put forward so that the training requirements, for example, became reasonable so that any competent person can now pass it, getting the no serial number gun ban removed from banning millions of guns, literally, 
They worked hard on those things. They worked hard on the federal litigation. We should see some action by spring on the assault firearm ban, which is really just a modern sporting rifle ban, of course. Large capacity magazine ban, which is, of course, a standard capacity magazine ban. And the carry killer bill. These are all things there. Expanding and getting rid of the sensitive places, which are victim disarmament zones, where it's real hard to run, hide, and fight when you can't fight in those areas with the most effective means of self-defense out there, a gun. So listen, if you're not a member of the state association, you need to become a member. Go to angrpc.org. And if you need to shoot and get training and get your certificate of qualification so you can get your carry and buy great guns, great prices, and have a real pro there to advise what gun is best for your needs and to teach you what you need to know, well, we have We Shoot in Lakewood, New Jersey. We Shoot is a full service range. They're like family. They really are. I love them down there. They're the best. That's where I shoot and got my training, my certificate for my carry. And so did my brother, my son, and many, many friends, and many of you listeners. And let me tell you, We Shoot is a resource. It's a resource. Because now, I just today, I was telling somebody, look, you know, he was thinking about it. He doesn't know much. I go, look, go to We Shoot. They'll get you all set, get you your, your set with the right gun, get you trained, help you get your license, certification, everything you need to know, everything you need to do. If any of you are like, you know, I'd really like to do this, but I'm not sure what or how, go to We Shoot. You just tell them you heard it on Gun Lawyer, man. They'll help you out, no problem. Everybody loves them, and I know you will too. They got great training, great events, great folks, and they're so convenient right off the parkway there. Check out We Shoot at WeShootUSA.com. WeShootUSA.com. They got great website, great photos. You'll see a pop up of yours truly come up talking about training. And, uh, the things that uh, really count. So check them out. Hey, and uh, you know, last show, we talked about one of the places that you should never carry. And uh, it got um, a lot of feedback on that. Absolutely a lot of feedback. But uh, there's some follow-up to that that I want to share with you. Yet another place where you should never carry. That's right. Now, this one is not as extreme as uh, last week's show, but it still is ridiculous. And it is essentially a gofu, but it's not the official gofu of this show. You know, the gun owner fuck above the week that we all love to talk about. But it could qualify even. It is definitely a gofu. It won't be our official go food, don't worry. But this article I found says that a woman was shot in the butt, 
sliding into her MRI machine with a loaded firearm. Now look, folks, if you're getting an MRI and they say no metal objects, they mean it. And the last thing you should be bringing into your MRI is a gun. And in this case, a Wisconsin woman, according to the article here from the New York Post from December 7th, an unidentified Wisconsin woman was left with an extra pair of holes in her butt after she took a loaded firearm into the MRI machine during a doctor's visit. So the 57-year-old had a handgun concealed on her person as she was slid into the MRI. But when the machine's powerful magnets engaged, the metal trigger tripped and the gun was discharged. Patient received a gunshot wound in the right buttock area, as far as Gump would say, the right buttock. And um, the physician, the patient was examined by a physician who described the entry and exit holes as uh, very small and only penetration, subcutaneous tissue. But even with that, I don't think any of us need to get shot in the butt. I don't think you need to bring your gun to the MRI. Those magnets are quite powerful. When they say no metal, they mean it. And yet, reading this article, she wasn't the only one to do it. Because yet they mentioned that in January, a Brazilian lawyer was killed in Sao Paulo Hospital after a handgun he was carrying in his waistband was ripped from his pants and discharged into his stomach. Okay, this is like more than one bringing guns to MRIs, folks. Don't bring your gun to the MRI, okay? And in New Jersey, hospitals and such places are actually sensitive places. So you cannot carry your gun legally in such places anyway, no less going to the MRI with it. So beware of that. Now, being that we're on hospitals and such, I did get a letter here from Brad. Brad says, regarding Carrie as an EMT on an ambulance. Hi, Mr. Knappen. If I'm carrying as an EMT working on an ambulance, is it legal to lock a firearm in a box while bringing a patient into the ER? I know it's a felony to bring a firearm into the hospital. What about a hospital property? Is it the same as a parking lot? Is it of a business where a firearm is prohibited? Or is it more similar to a school? where firearms are not permitted anywhere in the property, even a locked case. And as an aside, what is the exposure from B, crew members shall not carry or wear weapons or explosives while on duty. For the purpose of this chapter, weapons and explosives include not only offensive weapons, but also defensive weapons such as stun guns, stun batons, tasers, pepper spray, mace, defensive spray, and or telescopic steel batons, the New Jersey Admin Code. So, what's the deal? Well, as transporting in any hospital that's a sensitive place, you do have the provision that allows you to lock it up in the vehicle. So as long as you're sticking to that, you're okay. It's not like a school, because a school has a separate prohibition that's in a separate part of the law that doesn't even allow it on school property. So when it comes to sensitive places, we do have the provision that allows us to lock our gun unloaded, etc., in the car and out of view. And so that would work here as well. But 
as an EMT, you're already pointing out that you have a, a prohibition as a crew member under the regs for having any weapons anyway. So that's a regulatory problem. It could be enforceable, maybe even criminally, but at least it could most likely cost you your job as a code. At least uh, you're talking about being uh, in violation of the rules. That is the admin code rules, and they're making a rule that crew members can't have any weapons. So it's almost a moot discussion because you can't have any weapons anyway. But if for some reason that reg wasn't applicable to you, I don't know if it is or isn't, then the bottom line to your question is it is hospital is treated the same as other sensitive place businesses. It's not treated like an educational institution where the property itself is prohibited. You do have the property exemption that was passed as part of the curricular bill for dealing with sensitive places when you park. That's how it works. I have another letter here, and this one is from Chris. And Chris asks regarding gun belts, New Jersey. It says, is a gun belt acceptable in New Jersey if it covers 90% of the gun and it has a fastener going over top of the gun to hold it in place, in particular the VNSH holster? Chris. Well, I, I think when he meant by gun belt, it meant gun holster or gun belt holster. Because uh, when you look at the VNSH, it is a holster that is kind of on a on a belt itself but that's not the key the key is the holster and the holster uh, basically has a strap that goes uh, and holds the gun in a pouch so it's a pouch holster with a strap and um, it looks uh, they claim it that it's very comfortable and it looks pretty straightforward and here's the deal the question is, is that a legal holster under New Jersey law for carry? And the requirements for a holster in Jersey is, is that it has to be a device or sheet that securely retains a handgun, which at a minimum conceals and protects the main body of the firearm and maintains the firearm in a consistent and accessible position and renders the trigger covered and inaccessible while the handgun is fully seated in the holster. And if you look at those requirements, yes, that holster does that. It secures it. It conceals the main body. It covers the trigger guard. It keeps it in an accessible position. And it renders uh, that trigger covered and accessible while the handgun's fully seated in the holster. So it absolutely fits the bill for New Jersey. And it even has a, uh, looks like a, a strap of some type. And that's not required, but it has that. As a matter of fact, when we were fighting this bill, one of the few changes we were able to get in was make it so that a strap or thumb brake or Velcro strap or any other kind of strap wasn't required. You're welcome to have that, but it's not required as long as it can uh, hold the handgun and securely retain it. It doesn't have to have the thumb snap for secure retention, as many holsters do not use snaps and straps and stuff and still have secure retention. 
this particular one does, so that's fine. Yes, it absolutely meets the definition, and I don't see any problem, Chris, with with that holster. So there you go. Now, as far as this week's GoFu, the ever popular GoFu, let me tell you what this week's GoFu is, and. Uh, it has to do with something I see many, many times in the practice. And that is individuals get denied a license. They get denied their firearm ID card, pistol purchase permit, carry permit. They get denied, and they don't fight it. Now, let me just be clear. If you have a disqualifier, and it is what is called a per se disqualifier, like you're a convicted felon. Well, if you're a convicted felon and you get denied a license, well, duh, you shouldn't even apply in the first place because you're disqualified, flat out disqualified. What you need to do is get that felony removed by way of expungement or some other relief to get your rights back. But if you get denied for something that is not a per se disqualifier, something that is under the uh, all-inclusive bullshit weasel clause of public health, safety, and welfare. And that's just because some chief arbitrarily decided that you shouldn't get this. You need to fight it. You need to fight these things, not get intimidated and scared off and afraid, but you need to fight it and stand up for your rights. That's just a judgment being made, an arbitrary judgment being made. And you need to fight that arbitrary judgment to get your rights, because if you don't, then you end up with a denial on your record. And now the denial stays. And then any time you apply for another license, have you ever been denied a license? Now you're going to have to write yes to the denial. You're going to have to reiterate why you had that prior denial. That's going to re-raise it yet again, and on and on and on. And then it looks bad that you had a license denial. There's even applications now for certain employment in certain industries where they even ask you if you ever had a gun license denial. So that can affect your reputation when you get a denial. So folks, when you get a denial, you need to fight it. And the GoFu is in not fighting it, but rolling over and letting them win. You know, you think you're pro-gun, you think you believe in your rights, you think you believe in the Second Amendment, do you? Well, how about when it comes to yourself? Stand up for yourself. Fight for your own personal rights. This is what you got to do. So many times I get calls and people that prior denials, they didn't fight them, and I say, oh, man, if they'd only fought it. And then it's compounded now when they want to try to get a gun later. Hey, sure, we can still fight, and it's worth the fight. But now it's even more difficult, right? So think about the longer-term impact. Think about your failure to fight your failure to fight a denial. Don't be a gofu. Make sure that if you are ever denied your rights, that you challenge it, that you stand up for your rights, that you fight for your rights. You can better understand all your rights if you, and now's when I shamelessly plug my book, get my book, the New Jersey Gun Law Book. That's right, 25th anniversary edition. It's my labor of love. It's over 500 pages long. It's got 120 topics, all question and answer written so 
anybody can understand, at least more than possible anywhere else to understand, New Jersey's insanity, what they call their gun laws. And not only that, I keep it fully updated. You got that QR code right on the front cover. Scan it. Subscribe for free. How much stuff is free these days? Come on. Subscribe for free to my update subscriber portal. You'll get notice normally within 24 hours of any law changes affecting gun rights, whether it's attorney general decisions or cases or statutes or laws or bills or rules. I'm always putting out those updates so you can stay current. The book stays current. And I'll just say right now, talk about a great holiday gift. My book is number one for that. How do I know? Because anybody that has my book and loans it to a friend, they never get it back. So that tells you right now how much it's wanted. So think about it. Go to evannappen.com. That's evannappen.com. You'll see the big orange book. Click it. Order it. You'll be glad you did. Keep in mind about having to run, hide, and fight. You want to make sure you can fight. In order to do that, you need knowledge and you need a gun. That's how you do it. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.